Hello ladies and gentlemen, you welcome to TNS, the Nigerian Story Podcast, a podcast for all Nigerians and the world at large. This is episode 51. If you are just joining us for the first time, please follow us on our previous episode on www.anchor.fm forward slash the Nigerian Story Podcast. I am Ayodeji Adibala. My friends call me here to the Y to the Ho to the D to the E to the J to the High and also they call me your political doctor. And here with me on the show is Luatosi Adiola Daguru. Of course, we couldn't get a better topic for our discussion, better than what is currently rocking the country at present. And that's why we'll be discussing this very important, art touching topic, which we have called insecurity and the future of education in Nigeria. I repeat, insecurity and the future of education in Nigeria. You know, um, the issue we have at hand in Nigeria is more or less like whenever people are going to school, it's as if they want to go and fight war when it is not sure that you are going to come back from school. And that is the current reality rocking the Nigerian state. Ladies and gentlemen, you're welcome once again to the Nigerian Story Podcast. It promises to be interesting. Please stay tuned. We'll be back after this timeout. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you're welcome once again to your show, the Nigerian Story Podcast. Um, we said we'll be doing the topic insecurity and the future of education in Nigeria. Now, you may want to ask yourself the question, what do you think is going to be the future of education if insecurity, let's say kidnapping precisely, persists? Uh, you're welcome to Nigeria where the educational sector itself is bedeviled with a thousand and one problem. Do you want to talk about the labor strike? <laughs> I think just a few days ago, the labor unions, uh, Asu and Sanu, they are rocking the boat again. And guess what? They may also go on strike. And that is just a bit of the problem that we are that the educational sector in Nigeria is having. Do you want to also want to talk about the dilapidated state of the of, 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 of infrastructure that we have in the country? That is another another problem that is currently rocking the educational sector. Do you also want to talk about the motivation that the lecturers and the teachers are getting? That is another that is another problem. Now, currently, the Ogakpatopata, for those of you that doesn't understand that, I mean the boss of all the problems which the educational sector now is, 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 is having right now is kidnapping. Kidnapping. You know, we used to hear the word kidnapping and we, we thought it's, it's only for the rich or for the younger ones. But now, the reality is, reality is smiling at us right now. Now, um, people in Nigeria are being kidnapped regardless of their social status. You know, it's not about you, maybe you are rich, it's not because you are riding best or because you are riding the best uh, car in the, in the community, anybody can be a victim. You know, and going through the chronicles of kidnapping uh, in Nigeria, when it comes to the educational sector, we can trace it back to uh, the, its, its emergence, why right? it came to limelight in 2014 when the Chipok girls were actually kidnapped. Around 300 students were actually kidnapped. Let's see, at present, just a few of them are still left in custody. And ever since then, you know, then it was, let's say it was religiously and politically motivated. Ever since then, now, kidnapping has now been profit-driven. 
I mean, it has now become a business where people just want to cash out when they believe that, okay, when they kidnap somebody, the next thing they can do is now to just go and get money. But now the question is that if this is allowed to persist, where 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 our educational institutions are the sub targets for kidnappers, what do you think will be the future of education? And let me ask from you, do you want to send your child to school when you know that he or she may be a victim of kidnapping? Well, it's sad to say that uh, this has to, education has to pass through this dark age at this current time because I'll say that before now, education would have gone through a stage where there was a time that education was expensive and it was not free to haul and in some cases you had to beg people to go to school. Okay, and now that the world is evolving and people are trying to okay actually evolve with the world and try to step up, especially in Nigeria, to get educated, especially in areas where education was not valued. And now we have to send our children to school. And there was a time that education had to be forced even for the girl child. The, the parents don't release their girl child to go to school because they feel there is no future in that. But now we are conquering that. But at the point where we as a nation is conquering uh, this big demon, another one rears up its ugly head. It started with the Chibot, Chibot girls in 2014, just girls only. So if I was a parent and I was struggling to send my girl child to school, and I was eventually convinced. Now the girl child is uh, abo- ab- abducted. I would feel why did I even have to go through this? And it didn't stop at that. Now it has become a recent thing that if you don't hear it in the news today, you will hear something about it tomorrow. That a number of uh, students have been kidnapped, some even from their hostels in the dark of the night. And if we try to look at this, it is really, really saddening to the security of the nation as, uh, to the security of a nation, and also to the future of the nation. How do you want these children to feel? Or even, it does not even stop at the secondary school level. Even university students are being kidnapped. I know what, I think another issue we have with this pit of kidnapping is the fact that in trying to bring a solution to the issue of kidnapping it's like we are creating more problems for it for example some state government in trying to rescue the children or get them back promise these bandits they promise them cars houses uh, financial uh, remuneration and stuff like that Though, if you look at it, on one side, it is to actually get those children out and also to, it is to discourage the kidnappers from kidnapping. Okay, so if you look at that side, we'll say we are right. But if you look at the other side of the coin, it seems to us or to the whole world that this is a means to encourage kidnapping. Though, the reason why those that started it, started it was to stop the spate of kidnapping but it seems as if 
the reverse is the case of what is get of the of what is achieving more kidnappings are occurring because it seems as if it is the new business in town if you can kidnap then you have publicity especially when you kidnap school children before it was uh, the issue of kidnapping road users travelers and so to say and people try to bail i mean through pay ransom for their relatives that have been kidnapped but now if you kidnap school children one there is publicity and then you are sure that the government will be involved and with the government being involved more money will be paid as a ransom but if we are to ask ourselves are we now to pay the ransom or not well i also want to fought the response of the government to towards this whole kidnapping issue you know some states in the north now what they're doing now is that they are, they are shutting down the secondary schools the schools they are shutting down their schools and which in turn you know according to unicef you know, there's a report from unicef that says that we have uh, over 13.5 million uh children that are actually out of school in nigeria that was before this whole thing started and 80 percent of them are actually from from the north now this whole thing is occurring majorly in the northwest and the northeast now when those secondary schools are when those schools were are actually short so which means that majority of the students will have to stay at home one the implication of that is a denier of of um, of the right to education of these children and number two in the longer run we may be breeding more terrorists because these guys will lack education that's number one and number two you know i think i heard over the over the news too at the same time they said there, there was a time the Boko Haram terrorists they went to a particular a particular local government and they went to distribute 20 20 000 although some other government agency you filtered the statements and just what have you so and some people in that area could easily pledge their allegiance to those terrorists because they lack education so if those children are actually eventually being kept out out of school and i bet you some of them will never return to the four walls of the classroom again because of what has happened to them and or because of what they have seen so if such is allowed to continue and the government could not do anything effectively than closing those secondary schools hey in the longer run we are causing trouble for our future so which means that the future is already endangered This your analysis really saddens my heart because it's really opened my eyes to the 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 effects of all these issues, which means the issues of insecurity that is really really affecting the educational system will cause a cascade effect that will bring about. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Is the 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 effect, as I've said, is not just it's going to be a multiplier effect on the society at large, which means that the future may pay for this doing right now, if the government could cannot. And now let's just say this is not just about the government. Now, uh, I know that the the government have more to do. Think about it. If you're a Nigerian, think about if you're you're an adult or let's say you're over 18. Think about the secondary school you went to. 
Majority of us went to secondary schools that doesn't have a fence. Let's start from that one. They don't have a fence. Some of our secondary schools, people can just walk out of the secondary schools. People like the 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 um, the borders are porous. No fence, no security. So which means the government should also promulgate as far as secondary schools um, proprietors. I mean the owners of secondary schools. In as much as you are building secondary schools, make sure as a mandate, make sure it is that you have security put in place. Okay, well to talk about the issue of fencing. After the abduction of the Chibo girls in 2014, a fund was uh, was Release. put in place, I think, by the yeah. United Nations to build, to, uh, to make about, to, to get better security, I mean, in fencing around the school per, uh, parami- uh, perimeters. But after that, I think some schools were done and it at the, the timing for that project was a range of three years. But before, after that, another incident happened that about 110 schoolgirls were abducted from Dapchiyobe State again. And currently now, with the spate of uh, kidnappings, there are some, uh, uh, maybe uh, the military have tried to stage or to, to camp around some of these schools to, uh, to bring about more security, and some policemen and then some vigilantes with their own little ammunition but what is it compared to these armed bandits when they really want to attack yeah you know this is the strategy they use when they know a place is a little bit fortified they will come in thousands i mean they will come in their hundreds and when they come in their hundreds and you you believe that you have um, <laughs> you have a kid for seven or just just what have you you have you guys are just few and there are many and they are carrying almost the same weapon you have so which means that you guys will be faced with a superior firearm, one, and number two, you guys will be faced with, they will be more than you. So the next thing you want to do is that the security guards, they want to run, run away. They will run for their life. So which means if eventually the mission is not accomplished. So this is not just about government response. But majorly, I'm saying the government has a lot to do, but the, the civilian also has a lot to do. At the same time, I cannot also um, not talk about the comprado elements that we have in the in the country. For real, there are some people in Yoba, in my dad, um, Yoba, that's the language in Nigeria, they will say some people, they are Arijeni di Madaru. Some people are benefiting from this insecurity that we have in the country. Really, think about it. Some people are really behind all those things. Some people are behind it, so that's just it. Some that's just it. So um, the future of Nigeria, as as we speak right now, is in danger if this continues because the kind of youth, the kind of young ones that we will have, if education is being uh, 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 truncated, especially in the north, then is going to be a bigger issue for Nigeria. And I tell you, and as much as Nigeria exists, if this thing continues. Nigeria itself, the general, the general country itself is going to be in problem, and it is not just about the north. They are also encroaching on the on the west too. Talk about Lagos. Lagos also, people were kidnapped in Lagos um, in 2016. They were also kidnapped, I think, twice in Lagos in 2016. Uh, Students. So this is not just a, a northern thing. They were trying to uh, infiltrate the west too, so that they can they can they can get their part. And in the west, we have criminal gangs um, kidnapping people too. So the kidnapping issue is just all over the country. And I tell you, if care is not taken, uh, 
the country is sitting on a gun powder. The question that begs for answer in my heart is this, what the will do? I mean, both the governments and even individuals, what is the way forward? You know, um, that is a sincere question. And a sincere question is called for a sincere answer. Now, when you're asking what can we do for you, this government, they have an answer to it. Really, I, I must tell you, if you are sincerely fighting a war, then you are sincerely going to get some sincere solution. It's, it looks to me as if we have um, some people at the, at the, at the excellent of power, some people that, that seems to be paying lip service to, to the, the criminal or the society, to majority of the societal issues that we have at hand. Now, when it comes to this insecurity of a thing, the government should just be more proactive about this. That's at the government end. Now, the citizens' end is that we must be willing to give information to the security agency that comes to community and um, community policing. I think I've discussed that issue before here. Community policing is very paramount and very uh, and very germane to uh, to being a solution into uh, um, the insecurity challenges we have in this country. Community policing is the answer. Citizens must be must be willing to give to give information to the security agency. At the same time, the security agency must be prompt in their response. You know, we, in Nigeria, we have so far so funny so funny ideas about our police. You know. I don't want to believe that all our policemen are like that. We have good police. We have good, good people. We have good, good police. They are good. Our, our, our the men of the Nigerian police force, they are wonderful. They are good. But they need to be more proactive when it comes to uh, 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 responding to emergency situations. Sometimes they, we've had cases of people calling on the police, and they will say probably maybe they don't have fuel in their cars. Yes, yes, that could be an excuse. For real at the same time now let's also look into the funding of the security agencies how are they are they well funded or are they underfunded well the truth is that when it comes to the strength of a police force really uh, according to the un um, report or let's say recommendation for policing there should be one police to 400 people do you get and in nigeria we have 300,000 police strength in nigeria which, which means that we are falling behind the benchmark that the UN has given, which we need over 150 something something thousand to meet up, up with this benchmark. So we need police strength, we need arms and ammunition, and I tell you, what we need the most is we need sincerity with ourselves. Let us be sincere with ourselves. Our government should be sincere with us, and our citizens too should be sincere with the government, and in so doing, with sincerity and honesty, in truth and love, we can find solutions to all our problems besetting our educational sector. Ladies and gentlemen, security is not just the issue we have in Nigeria. Labor is there. They are also rying like a lion. They are going to <laughs> they are going to fight battle very soon, and they are going to strike as usual. And when they strike, and Boko Haram is striking too, they are kidnapping too. Now tell me, what will be the future of education in nigeria i leave that to you to answer join us next week on the nigeria story podcast and this is me signing out iodeji adegbala is my name my friends call me here to the y to the o to the d to the e to the j to the high and here with me on the show is a beautiful dancer once again lady haiji adeola dagunro lady haiji ladies and gentlemen please join us on our interesting shows we have another episode on Aloe radio every tuesday and also join us on echoes of silence 
those are interesting interesting podcasts ladies and gentlemen please for your information for for questions and for answers for response send your questions to and also send your contributions to plus two three four eight one three three eight seven one four eight zero you can also be a partner and you can also be a sponsor to the show send a message to us and we'll respond to you on whatsapp join us next week and we love you bye, bye.